0: Welcome to the Strategy Sherpa Show, a series of organic discussions between host David Chavez and a variety of notable business leaders centered around their most significant failures and how they handled those challenges, so listeners can learn from their most teachable moments and apply the lessons to their organizations. Now, here's your host, David Chavez.
1: Hey everyone, this is David Chavez, this is the Strategy Sherpa Show, and we are here with Arne Gannison, and he is with uh, um, Blue Chip Maintenance, and he is going to be talking with us in a little bit, but before we go to him, let's talk a little bit about um, some of the webinars we have coming up um, on uh, this Thursday my car- partner, came. Pekovic, is doing a little bit of a uh, um, precursor to her full-day event on November the 9th in Phoenix. And is it accountability frustrating you? Have better meetings? And she's going to talk a little bit about accountability and meetings. So that's this Thursday from 1 to 2 Central Time, and that's Central Time. So it'd be 11 to noon uh, Pacific, and of course, 2 to 3 on the East Coast. All right, well, let's jump in and talk to Ani just a little bit. And Ani, welcome to the show.
2: Good morning, good morning. Thank you for having me.
1: All right, thank you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your company? We'd like to start off with knowing a little bit about um, your company and what it does, Blue Chip Maintenance.
2: Sure, so Blue Chip Maintenance, we are a, a full service maintenance provider. So think plumbing, HVAC, those sorts of things in uh, the Sunbelt region. Uh, and we, specific, uh, we specifically work with single family rental um, home providers or, or REITs, so real estate investment trusts and property management groups that manage those properties. We have about a hundred clients. Okay. And, yep, go ahead. Yeah, what do
1: you do in those? What do you do for them? Just go into a little bit of the services you do.
2: Yeah, so HVAC, plumbing, Uh, We do uh, a lot of the build back work. One of the benefits for um, these companies and why we work specifically with them is our programs are really set up for them. So think about when a typical work order request comes in, if you're a resident uh, renter in a home, and you know you're plumbing you have a leak right uh they send the plumber yeah. out plumber hopefully can fix the leak but now there's still a wall that's broken open and now they've got to create a new work order on that other end to have the build back person or the person come and do the drywall and now that resident is displaced for a few days uh it's a lot more friction so what we do is try to eliminate that friction that maintenance coordinator uh for that company only has to create one work order. They send it to Blue Chip. We go do the plumbing, knock that out of the ballpark. We're licensed in all those states that we operate in. And then we actually do the build back work as well, too. So it you know, makes it better for the resident, the property management group, saves a lot of time and a lot of money. And obviously we offer them better pricing in turn for volume as well, too. So um, those are some of the benefits.
1: Okay. Very, very good. So, so, so like I, I think that what you're saying is you make it easier for easy for these property managers to the, or these um, REITs because they can just make one phone call and they don't have to call two different companies, one for the drywall, one for the plumbing. They could just call you and you'll take care of the whole thing. Exactly. And do it all in one visit, uh, one visit too. So mm-hmm. me, as a, me as the resident, I'm not having to deal with taken off work for you to be there the first time, then taken off again a few days later.
2: Mm Mm-hmm, exactly, so. Okay,
1: okay, very good. So that just, that increases efficiency and everything as far as um, everybody involved goes, really.
2: Yeah, 100%. And the other thing that we really focus on as well too is the service side of things, right? I think in the maintenance world, in the service world, uh, you know, plumbers, they might go to school for plumbing, right? Um, but they don't, uh, you know, sometimes there's that, that the soft skills that are missing, uh, but they are really great at that once they learn it, right? It's not something that they learn in plumbing school when they're going to go get their license. And so that's something that we really focus on because we work uh, for the most part with occupied homes. So we aren't doing turns. That was another thing that we learned very, very early on is do not do too much too soon. Even though clients will want you to do everything under the sun, especially when you start doing a good job for them. um, We really learned, uh, to, to stick to your guns and, you know, grow the right way, right? Grow into trades the right way.
1: Yeah. And how did we meet? Tell everybody how we met because we just met not too long ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago.
2: Yeah, you did an unbelievable job for our, our Vistage group, and I actually had a couple of my staff members in that workshop. And, uh, you know, the, the, we got tons of value from that. And uh, I, I felt like we had a really great connection in that workshop. It was kind of a smaller workshop, which I particularly enjoyed because we got to ask lots of questions and be engaged. And uh, yeah, so uh, I met you learning, <laughs> learning and, yeah. and continuing yeah. to grow my crap. Yeah, I, I love how you said that too, because um,
1: sometimes it's it's funny when I speak to a group, um, Vistage or whatever it might be, EO or whatever it is that I'm speaking to, sometimes I end up with with a small group, like five, 10 people, right? Which has sort of happened with your group. And we have better conversations just all the way around. And we can really get into the meat of some of the particulars of your company. And so that's why I invited you on the show is because I found what you have done pretty amazing. And what we do on the Strategy Sherpa show, just to let you, uh, you, you know, you already know this, but we talk about things we've done wrong. Right. So not everything, because I think that there's tons of these shows out there telling, uh, telling everybody how great entrepreneurs are. But <laughs> we make a lot of mistakes to do those things really well. And we, uh, everybody always forgets the mistakes. And then I think what happens to entrepreneurs, even as they're scaling, they judge themselves for the mistakes they make. Right. And what we're trying to do is say, hey, don't judge, just fix. And what we do is we talk a little bit about the mistake, and then we talk a little bit through how we're gonna how you resolve this issue. So let's start this off, and why don't you share every, with everyone a little bit around the circumstances and what 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 happened? What was your mistake?
2: Well, what I can say by the way, uh, just about that group, I've been in that Vistage group for a little bit over five years, almost six, actually it might be over six years now. And that was one of our top five workshops. So um, you know, you did a fantastic Very job. Cool. As far as mistakes, I am the king of mistakes, so I'm excited to, to talk about uh, some of this stuff, and uh, hopefully uh, the the America listening will get some value. Um, yeah, the environment. Yeah. So- so everybody remembers COVID, and uh, 2020, I was actually getting back from India. We were talking earlier today uh, before the show about traveling, and that was the last big trip that I got to take. Um, you know, other than Mexico and whatnot, but, uh, I was just getting back from India and, you know, um, this pandemic, you start hearing this coronavirus, and, you know, it was, was, uh, very weird at the time. And then all of a sudden everything shuts down and, uh, I have to be honest, I was, I was scared shitless. You know, I didn't know what was going to happen to our business, what was happening in the world.
1: you, You and me both. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was a super so, scary
2: time, and uh, we were thinking, man, I was just getting back from this trip. I finally got a chance to take a month off where I felt comfortable enough with our business where I could take a month off and detach and be with my mom's side of the family in India, and things were great, and then I come back, and this just blows up. Um, so uh, many of my friends in Vistage groups, and I'm also a member of CEO Council here locally uh, Tampa. Um, we're seeing layoffs and, and all kinds of things happening. We um, found a way to manage through 2020 and we felt pretty good about that. We still found a way to be profitable. We were considered an essential, obviously an essential worker. So we were able to, to make make it through that period. Unfortunately, we didn't have to cut people. And you know that was kind of a badge of honor, right? I remember going to our Vistage meetings and CEO council groups and we give our updates and I was feeling pretty good about things. So 2021 sets in. And we kind of got through the heaviness, uh, at least at that time for business of, of COVID. There was still some uh, crazy things happening, material pricing um, you know, all over the place and, and lumber and, and whatnot. But uh, 2021 sets in and uh, we were feeling good about 2020 surviving. Um, we got disengaged. And I think you talked about this in your workshop. Sometimes you take those growth patterns but it's never just a straight line up. Um, you might take a dip. And you get complacent or, or you that dip happens from complacency. Well, this happened for us. Matt, my business partner, um, and uh myself were maybe coming to the office a couple days a week. Uh, we you know took our foot off the gas, um feeling good about things, and we ended up having our worst half of the year in 2021 after we thought we had survived everything. Um yeah, that first half of 2021. Yes. Go ahead. So the first half
1: 2021, you were t- um, so so. What you were talking about a little bit is when I speak about um, strategy and business, is one of the things is we sometimes hit this valley of death, and the valley of death is really caused by um, two primary drivers that I see, complacency being one of them. Right? We just um Um, and and I always use the first sentence in the good to great book to really emphasize this. And the first sentence is the enemy of great is good. Mm -hmm. And so we start to take our foot off the gas a little bit because I'm taking home good money right now. Everything's going well. My people are staying Oh, you know, I can come in a couple of days a week. Life is great. Right. That was
2: exactly what (laughs) happens. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. And so, so, so we take our eye off the ball a little bit. And why don't you share what happened when you took your eye off the ball?
2: So here's what happened. Everything felt like it was missing ten to fifteen percent, and that ten to fifteen percent is huge in business, right? That is that makes or breaks you in many cases. That first half of the year, we ended up being at you know I won't say the numbers, but it was a pretty big loss. You know, we were we were definitely in the red. Um, team meeting attendance was low. Culture was low are we felt like we were, even though we weren't taking as much work, we were still behind with things. Um, you know, Everything was off in our business. Our retention was low. We were starting to lose some of our best people. And that was where Matt and I got re-engaged immediately. At that point, um, we, I wish that we had done it sooner, but you also talked about this in your workshop. Sometimes you don't see the results until a month or two later. And sometimes that's a month or two too long. So that yeah,
1: happened. Yeah. yeah. So 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 what ended up happening is is you guys um, took your focus off a little bit. Then you started having all these issues, even during the COVID time, with like employee morale. I I think everybody's brain was affected a little bit th- through the COVID um, shutdown and everything. So you started to experience what a lot of business owners experienced out there that the lack of motivation in people, you losing some of your best people, maybe for a few dollars more over somewhere else. And so you start asking yourselves, hey, if we were doing a better job on our culture, we were doing some other things, we might not be losing all these people. And I think the biggest indication is like the loss of the money, right? That you started Mm -hmm. having financial uh, losses that were really impacting you.
2: Which exactly. we should have waited for that, yes, one hundred percent. You know, but financial losses are what drove it. But we could have seen it a lot sooner, which was one of the lessons that we learned. Also, we brought people back into the office. That was huge for us.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. Um. Just getting uh, just getting the culture back in line, right? So having everybody come in, being together, seeing each other, things like that. Yep.
2: One hundred percent.
1: All right, well, 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 well. Let's just leave it right there because uh, we're getting ready to go into a break, and I don't want—I I don't want to get into the whole conversation about like um, some of the circumstances around the decision you made. Um, but I just want to remind everybody, out uh, a Shared Strategy, we have webinars and you can go to webinars. We have live events. Um, Warren and I are doing a, a live scaling up workshop in uh, Dallas in December, and that's a full day. So that's that's like about uh, two and a half times what we did with you, Ani. And um, so um, we'll be back in just a few moments and we will um, get with Ani and he'll tell us a little bit about the circumstances of what happened and then how they really uh, resolved this issue because this issue could have been the death of the company, sounds like. We were yeah. feeling that way. So to be yeah, yeah. So um, we'll be right back after these messages and uh, thank you for uh, tuning in to Strategy Sherpa Show.
3: Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts.
4: Hi, I'm Matt Liotta, CEO of Veloto. Our vision at Volato is to change the private aviation industry by bringing innovative concepts that align our interests with our owners and customers. But what's really exciting about us is our jet share program that allows you for the first time to have unlimited usage of a plane and obtain revenue share. Doesn't matter what size share you buy with us, you can use it as much or as little as you want and participate in all the, the revenue that that plane generates.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find
3: the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866 472 5790. That's 866 472 5790. Now, back to the show.
1: Hey, everyone. This is David Chavez. We are back with Anya. And um, um, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, his issue that he had. So during COVID, um, he started uh, falling off a little bit in his company. The morale started going down. Um, they had taken their foot a little bit off the gas. And so, why don't you explain to us the circumstances which led you to take your foot off the gas and, you know, relax a little bit more than you probably should have been?
2: Well, we, you know, were profitable, making money. Uh, we had the same leadership in place. You know, we felt confident with them, um, and you know, we, uh, like I said, we managed through COVID, and we felt like that was a major win. We survived without any layoffs. That was a huge badge of honor that we talked about often. Uh and you know I think 2021 we just thought things were going to be easier. We thought how could it get more difficult than 2020 what we just went through if we made it through that you know we can do anything. And you know rather than you know being engaged- at that point you know I think we just got comfortable. We got comfortable and uh you know good is the enemy of great as you said earlier and you know that didn't line up with what our actual goals were and as you know we had some time go Uh, you know, man, the finances were just starting to get that, you know, were killing us. So that made us realize, hey, this can't keep on happening.
1: Yeah. So, so you guys, so, so you had, so the, the, the issue really was, is that you got through COVID in 2020 fairly well, Mm -hmm. um, which, Which stressed you out when COVID came in, but then after about six months, you're probably feeling good about everything and everything's back on track, right? And so that caused you to take your foot off the gas a little bit uh, and... You know, because your stress is diminished, you don't. You're not in that fear zone anymore, and you're sitting there going, "Okay, everything's going good. We should be fine now." And then, what are some of the issues that started to creep up? Like, what was for the first thing where you started to know that there was probably some complacency going on?
2: Well, so the first things that we started to notice uh, were meeting attendance was low. So we work in many different states. And we would typically have about, you know, 80 to 100 technicians on these phone calls for these meetings. And, you know, it started getting into the 50s, 60s, 65 range, again, missing that 10, 20 percent. So that was the first thing. But then we also started seeing our margins were were eroding. Right. And uh, that was uh, that was the big one, right? We were meeting with our, our financial uh, person and, and we started seeing this margin erosion and it was just a slow creep, a couple points. And eventually um, it, it got very, very painful. Um, so yeah. that was the big one, you know, was the margin erosion. And we were driving work still. That's the, the So between 2020 and 2021, um, 2020, I think if I remember correctly, it was like a $6 million year, uh, or, or no, I'm sorry, 2020, we went from six to seven. So we still grew like a million, you know, profitable. And that next year we were still growing in sales, but the finances were not reflective. Our bank account was not reflective. It was going backwards. We were just getting very sloppy and, uh, estimating was not, uh, uh, the, the coaching of that, you know, is not happening at the same rate as it was before. Also, when you get bigger too, as a company, things can get more messy and that's where your controls have to be a lot better.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, so you got a little sloppy um, and, and, and sloppiness comes from, I, you, you say sloppiness, I call it probably a little bit of process erosion as you're growing and growing and growing and getting larger and larger the same processes w- that worked with a smaller group of people probably don't work with the larger group that you brought on training may slip a little bit right we get a little lackadaisical with training because of covid and everything
2: is that some of the things you were noticing too 100 so yeah um okay. yeah we we uh um you know, we we. Uh, I also think some of our monitoring. You you start to tell yourself you know funny things during that period, but um, when you get reengaged, you just realize hey, there's no substitute for hard work, right? And uh, I think that uh, you know it stemmed from the top, and that was really you know it, it also stemmed from Matt and I. You know, I talked to Matt about this before. My my business partner. One of the best decisions I ever made was picking the right partner, right? And uh, that was. A uh, great decision that I made, but um, talking about you know this with Matt, we both just got complacent and thought, man, things are good, and then just all of a sudden, pff, getting chipped.
1: Yeah, uh, um, and, and you know, I think this was what how you're describing this and what you're saying right now um, for the listeners out there. This is what I think makes really good business people when they're able to sit back and talk about some of these issues that they had in the way that you're talking about it, because it almost sounds very positive that this mistake happened. So you know this mistake happened. You're stressed out, you're losing money like crazy. You're going, "Holy cow, what's going on?" Um, if you're like me, you know, you don't have wealthy parents or anybody that can th- write you a check for three million and save you. Um, so you, you, you're having to de- you and Matt are having to deal with this issue, right? Like face to face, you have to deal with this issue and your margins are eroding you guys probably were in a lot of fear is that a
2: fair comment yeah you have no idea you know and it makes it very very difficult during that period just like a marriage you know Matt and I not all of our conversations were great at that point because we were you know things are flying and you know but yeah it's it's tough but like i said you know thankful that i had a great partner and um you know we were able to get through that but yeah it was a very very tough time And uh, we were in question of the business or what we were going to do or what we were going to have to do. Um, Yeah.
1: So tell us some of the specifics, like what did you do about the training issue? Like, let's take that. Let's take these things one at a time. How did you deal with the training issue? Because you probably had to do something first, even before you dealt with the training is my guess. 100%.
2: So the first thing that we had to do is re-engage with our leadership team, right? And, uh, you know, so our director of project management, we had a conversation. uh, He was in charge of conference calls, also uh, estimating the training process for the project managers. And he did a fantastic job from that point on uh, in taking ownership, getting engaged and saying, hey, I'm going to get these margins back up. I'm going to drive this team meeting intense. So let's talk about the margins first. Um, you know, one of the things that he did uh, was update, you know, all our manuals. Sometimes, as you get bigger, you don't update things the way that you should, and you've still got old framework that doesn't work anymore, right? And that is the training tools, which don't end up being a training tool because then your people are saying, "Oh, don't look at this, right? Oh, that's in there, but yeah, it's really this way." And uh, so he went back and revamped that and said, "Hey, we are going to get engaged again. No substitute for hard work." And I think Peyton Manning said it best, right? You know. Most important thing, don't make sloppy passes, right? He was making sloppy passes with the training, but he took ownership of that and said, hey, I'm going to get in and I'm going to make these guys unbelievable at estimates. We are going to get that detail back up and we're going to get that margin back up. And uh, that was one of the biggest keys. Also, we made adjustments with the pricing as well, too. It wasn't just making sure that the estimates were done the right way so that we got the approvals. But it was also that our pricing was off because materials were fluctuating at such a rapid rate because we were having problems with getting lumber from places and you know man it was nuts if you remember that period right so Most we had, yeah we had to adjust the pricing um pretty much on a you know month to two month basis it was something that we were constantly looking at after that first half because we had never had to really do that prior to that period things did not fluctuate as much as they were at that time. Um, so we were adjusting our pricing basically every couple months or at least looking at it and making sure that, hey, if things were going up or down, we were adjusting for the better or worse to make sure that we were making the money that we needed to make so that it was a win all the way around.
1: Yeah, I, I had a framer in um, Vero Beach, Florida, and um, uh, he he did all the framing work and built trusses too and had a truss manufacturing facility and I remember talking to him one day during this time, and, I, and I, I said, hey, where are you going? He goes, hey, I've been in business for 30 years. I'm going to the bank to get my credit increase because lumber has tripled in price. I no longer have the same credit line that I used to have. I can't even buy the lumber I need right now. And I, I was just going, and he said, it's just so crazy. So that was a crazy time. So you guys really focused in on the margins, getting the estimates correct or taking care of the fluctuation in supply prices, right? Trying to deal with that. Um, getting the training back in order and matching the training up with the way things are actually being done, so the current processes, getting the processes up to date and getting and then getting them trained again. so your partner spent a lot of time on that training, both of you did right mm-hmm. is, is that what I'm hearing from you and and what happened when you started getting back to the fundamentals of your business uh for the size that you are? what happened?
2: So that was really the start of it. Then we started seeing the results go back up and then, you know, more engagement. Uh, and, and it's funny, once we got re-engaged, that was kind of the first tipping point. The other keys that we really focused on were meeting attendance. And that was meetings all the way around. We started looking at our business and meetings become very, very important, right? They can be great for your business or they can actually take away from your business. If you run meetings that don't provide value or people are not getting things out of them and it becomes more of a waste of time, it becomes a time vampire, right? So we got uh, really focused on on delivering on any event or any phone call any meeting that we were running. Not only did we want to have attendance and track that, but we wanted to make sure that people were getting value. So one of the things that we started doing was, like, asking for feedback, rating meetings. And I think that's part of, like, you know, some of the things that you talk about as well, too, right? You want to make sure your people are getting the goods.
1: Right. Well, communication is so important. I I think it may even come up when when I was ta- speaking to your group. Um, like communication, we're not even like uh, uh, we don't even talk about communication problems in our own company because communication problems are eighty percent of the problems in business. Like what specifically about communication is broken right now? And so, like if you're not using your meetings to disseminate critical information people really need to do their job better you're sort of wasting their time in these meetings right and so every once in a while we got to go clean up because we start to get lackadaisical even with meetings sort of like the same way you described at the beginning is as that and that's what you're saying you were starting to clean up some of this stuff and really get feedback on hey are you getting the information you need to really do a better job today
2: yep and, you know, we immediately started to see that 5 to 10% creep back up. And also the business, even though it takes more work on the front end to do all that stuff, right? On the back end, it makes things so much more enjoyable and so much easier, you know? And that was the exciting part of that is that once we started doing that, things just started to fall into place, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So everything started coming together for you guys. So um, you started paying attention to the margins, the margins started coming back,
2: and what Yeah, You know, like, uh, 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 we'll have to jump on this on the other side because what's that? Oh, when you bring that up, I didn't mean to cut you off. A fear that we had, though, of raising the prices at that time, we weren't taking the work. We were worried that if we raised our prices at that time that we would take less work and that would be more of a hit. But the crazy thing was that we raised our prices and we ended up taking more work. <laughs> um so that was something funny yeah
1: and, and, and i want to talk with you right after the break about that because we got to go to a break right now this is a strategy sharper show and we have ani um uh, how do uh, i want to say your last name Gannison, um yep. with us and we w- he is the owner of um Blue Chip Maintenance out of Tampa, Florida, and he services all over the Southeast. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back and talk to him a little bit about fear.
3: Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today.
0: Anyone can learn the keys to success from podcasts, TED Talks, and other forms of media. But what you really don't learn is the failures that lead up to that point. Join David Chavez on the Strategy Sherpa Show as he and notable business leaders have that discussion and teach you how valuable it is to learn from your failures. The Strategy Sherpa Show, Mondays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The bottom line in business talk. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866 472 5790 that's 866 472 5790
1: Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we're back with Ani Gan um Ganison. Ganison. Is that no, am we... I saying it correctly? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I I want to make sure I say it correctly because I don't want to abuse your name. But hey, I just wanted to remind everybody on November the 9th, we have a live workshop in Phoenix about accountability. Accountability is really critical right now. As the world is shifting a little bit, as we all know, with some of the situations that have been going on in the world the last month or two, um, things are starting to shift a little bit. It's a good time to really get that accountability and productivity back into your company if you're lacking it at all. So that could be a great way to get it started. And Ani, we were going to talk a little bit about fear when we came back from this break, um, because you, you jumped in right at the end on me and talked a little bit about fear, and I love talking about fear because fear is the stopper of a lot of things that we know better right so why don't you share a little bit about the fear around this some of this
2: Well, yeah, we were afraid of a few things at that time. One of the other things that I forgot to mention um, uh, was that we also revamped our client facing team as well too. And so it's scary to change prices all of a sudden, right? When you maybe aren't taking the work that you want to be taking and you get worried, hey, if I increase my prices, you know, is that going to reduce that workflow, right? Um, Also, when you change people, um, you know, are are these new people going to be better, right? But uh, or deliver on, on what you need to to do, and so it was a, a a very scary time. But what we saw was that hey, if we kept going down that same path, we were going to get the results that we were getting, and that wasn't that wasn't sustainable. We were going to die, right? If we did that, and uh, to grow, we had to make some tough choices, and so um. When we made those pricing changes, we sent out an email to our clients, let them know that it was coming, and let them know the circumstances, right? Let them know that lumber and, you know, garage doors and all these things that we had to source, uh, you know, it was a much different time. And everybody was super receptive. And it actually drove extra work because we ended up starting to touch base with more of our clients, letting them know that, and then them reaching out to us. And it was just this amazing thing, right? Our client-facing team, man, when I think about the changes and us trimming some of the fat in the office, because you have to look at it and say, well, man, who are my culture creators? And then who are my culture killers, right? And, uh, you know, yeah. we made some adjustments. And these people are now running our team now. And that's what I saw through that year was this developed some of our best people. So we were scared shitless, you know, pardon my language, but um, it it was amazing the results that came from that. Uh, And uh, the people that are running our departments, I know Kyle, who's not in here right now, he's actually having uh, his baby boy, I believe today, which is very exciting. Um, But uh, in our account management team, he was one of the people that, you know, rose, uh, in the rankings, and Charlotte, our, our senior uh, account manager, who's running a lot of our, our biggest uh, uh, clients, or working with our biggest clients, you know, just took it to a different level. And so, um, yeah, it was it was scary, but great. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, and, and uh, but I think it's really important. Like I've sat in rooms during that time with clients talking about price increases, and um, some of the listeners out there, you did too. And that was a high fear time, like trying to figure out the pricing model when the literally materials are changing every day. And, and some, some of them are just going up drastically every day, right? Like lumber was like really out of control for a while there. And, and, and when it's shooting up every day, you don't even know if the increase that you're deciding to do that's scaring the hell out of you to talk to clients about, you don't even know if that's enough. Right. So you're you're doing this stuff, not even understanding if it's going to fix anything or not or really get you back
2: to where you need to be. But, you know, what's interesting about that is you're exactly right. But the good things that come from that here was one good thing that came from that. So we started to. um Realize on some of our large orders, because, you know, our sweet spot, our average order is about six to seven hundred bucks, you know, remove and replace a toilet, water heater, those sorts of things. Right. Um, But we do get larger orders as well, too. On the larger orders, we changed our time frame of when we would accept. Right. Because remember I told you we were not getting jobs approved at the same rate. It was just margin erosion everywhere. So we started to we said, hey, because of pricing changes, we can only extend this estimate for 15 days right? And then the price will change. So what that did is it drove people to accept jobs sooner, right? And it was a win where at first we were thinking, you know, this is crazy because prices are changing. This is going to be tricky, but it made us put in tighter controls to to have a better business.
1: Yeah. And that's, I I think the bottom line here is that here you had this issue you uh, really started to drive your company into the ground. You and your partner didn't use your fear to sit back and cry about it. What you guys did was use that fear to get you engaged.
2: Action. Is yeah.
1: Fair way 100%. of saying
2: Yeah. Right. You know, sometimes we just think about the problem and we get, you know, we get in that thought, you know, and and it, it kind of, it just uh, allows us not to move, right? The biggest key is take action. So that's what we did.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's paralyzing a little bit at, t- at times. So, you know, um, I think that that's such a valuable lesson for our listeners. And um, you had another thing that you shared with me right before we got on today. And I, I wanted you to share that with everyone because it's it's like when you started the business and there are a lot of people out there that are listening that starting companies too. Um, um and, and what could you, why don't you share your story of when you started the business?
2: Yeah, 100%. So I come, uh, you know, from, uh, I was I was coming from an industry, I think I put it in my bio, uh, where it was uh, the knife company, and some of uh, your listeners might know that company. Are you familiar with Cutco? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So huge knife company, they recruit college kids, and I worked with them for a um, number of years uh, in the Cutco Hall of Fame. I think almost 14 years I was with them. It's uh, actually where I met my business partner, Matt King and uh he was with him for 18 years and, and also in the hall of fame and, and you know probably close to 100 million in sales he's done with that company um but we were coming from a totally different industry and uh came into the maintenance world because we thought we could take some of our skills in the service recruiting and training world and apply them to this industry and um you know we uh, did not know much about maintenance, but we were able to, you know, onboard some some great people in that world. And uh, when we started this business, we started in a house. So I actually moved from Miami um, over here uh, with the, my then girlfriend, who was also our accountant. She was a, a accountant by trade, but, um, and we lived on a, in a two-story house. I was on the top floor, lived on the top floor, and our office was on the bottom floor, pretty much in the kitchen and the living room and that was how we started the business. We got a conditional use permit to to be able to start a business in the house. Uh, We ended up having 15 people come to that office or that house, I should say, block traffic, uh, within that first year, had no idea how successful it was going to be. Uh, everybody thought we were. I bet them. you your
1: neighbors loved you.
2: <laughs> no, it's like actually, it's funny. We, we work with HOAs now, but the HOA president was all over us. Like, what are you guys doing? It feels. you like have a party every morning, and everybody leaves at six o'clock, five or six o'clock. And there's no cars there anymore, and so eventually, we got moved into an office. And uh, by uh, by the end of our first nine months, and uh it's been you know it's been great ever since challenging but great yeah but talk about the very first client
1: you had the reit
2: <laughs> yeah the very first client that we had when we started the business it was one of the biggest uh REITs in the space they're huge in the space publicly traded company multi-billion um, multi-multi-billion but um we were doing about a million and a half so that first year we did right at about 3.7 Mill About a mill and a half of that was with this client. We were taking hundreds of work orders with them. Uh, we thought things were going great. They wanted us to do more work, more trades. So we started doing that windows, roofing, things that we were not disciplined in and not how we started the business. We just, uh, again, started taking on too much. And we learned that lesson very early on. We ended up losing that client because we had a couple jobs that did not go the right way and we did not handle them the right way as new leaders and owners in the industry. And we learned that those uh, situations are crucial. We still have yet to get that client back, but what it did force us to do was it forced us to get other clients and move into working with property management groups. So a whole new sector of business and uh, diversified our portfolio. So you don't want to just have all your eggs in one basket or with one client. We realized having know 40 to 50 percent of our business one client was not good so that next year when we lost them uh we went into recruiting mode recruited clients and you know created the business that we have today
1: yeah i you know this is such an important problem you're covering right now um i think it challenges all of us when we start a business i i I think when you saw uh, saw me speak i talked a little bit about that when we start our business All we're thinking about is selling, right? I got to get the next deal. I got to get the next deal. I got to get the next deal. In the quest for I got to get the next deal, what you basically just said to me is we took on work we weren't qualified at that time to do, right? You may be qualified now to do it, but you weren't qualified at that time. And you took this work on without fully getting training systems in place, understanding exactly the knowledge you needed to have to handle the the issues that were coming up and the customer client wanted you to take on and so you took these things on at a heavy cost yourself losing half of your revenue after the first year that must have been scary
2: super (laughs) scary and we learned a lesson you can't say yes to everything You know, you you say yes to everything, even though the sales sound good. And even though the clients really need it, you have to make sure that you can deliver because you can do 95% of the things right. But if you do that 5% wrong, and that's the 5% that they're focused on or that they're seeing most of, right, uh, that can ruin the other 95%. And that's what happened. We also went into markets that we were not ready to go into um, because we just thought, oh, growth, let's go into Charleston. And we didn't, we weren't ready for that yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about Charleston, South Carolina, because you're all the way up into North Carolina, aren't you? Yeah.
2: We're in Charleston now, but we weren't ready for it back then. Just like you mentioned, we didn't, it wasn't done the right way and we weren't able to execute And because we were doing bad in that one market. We have clients that serve us in all of our markets, but if you're doing bad in that one market, that gets to the other maintenance coordinators in the other markets and it's not a good look. Right,
1: right. And especially when they're that large and they're providing you uh, a half of your work, they they had to be a pretty good uh, customer all the way around. And losing that is not a good face for you in the market. That's what you're yeah. saying. But, so, so, so it sounds like you were basically trying to give your client all their wants, not really thinking about your ability to give them some of the wants that they had.
2: Mm-hmm. Or doing okay. it in a thoughtful way, right? Yeah, yeah. They said they needed this. We said, okay, we can figure it out, right? And uh, and in a couple of instances, we didn't. And then we also, we didn't handle the situations the way that we would now. And we've learned that as well. When you're dealing with, and for people listening, when you have clients that are maybe giving you hundreds or even 10, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars in business, you have to think about, what you need to um, be more comfortable giving in some cases to make them feel okay. And in the, in now knowing that, we would have eaten those jobs. We would have said, hey, no problem. You know, these are on us and we're going to go knock them out because there was so much else that was there. But at that time, we were a new business and things were very tight financially. and We didn't think, you know, again, you know, things are different.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, Ani, I I appreciate your time on the show today. Um, You gave us a lot of great insight. I'm sure the audience will find your time very valuable here. Do you have any closing words for anybody or anything?
2: Oh, well, thank you you so much for having me, David. I've had a blast uh, sharing and um, closing thoughts. uh, You know, I love listening to you. I'm excited about listening more to the show. Uh, And uh, my my thought is, hey, always... Uh, or continue to learn. You know, that I think is what has uh gotten myself, my business partner to where we're at, you know, be humble, continue to learn, continue to grow. That's why I never miss those vistage workshops. Uh, you know, no matter if there's two or four or ten people there, I'm gonna be there.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you very much. And this is the Strategy Sherpa show. We'll be right back after this message. And thank you, Ani, for joining us. I'll just summarize the show in the next section. So have a great day, Ani, and uh thank you for coming.
4: Thank you so much, David.
3: A little birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN.
2: self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety, talk on today's hot topics.
4: Hi, I'm Matt Liotta, CEO of Volato. Our vision at Volato is to change the private aviation industry by bringing innovative concepts that align our interests with our owners and customers. But what's really exciting about us is our jet share program that allows you for the first time to have unlimited usage of a plane and obtain revenue share. Doesn't matter what size share you buy with us, you can use it as much or as little as you want and participate in all of the, the revenue that that plane generates.
0: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866 472 5790. That's 866 472 5790.
1: Now, back to the show. Hey everybody, this is David Chavez. This is Strategy Sherpa Show. Hey, I just wanted to wind up the show. I'm gonna try to wind it up on my own at the very end because I've gotten some feedback from people that you know it'd be good to summarize everything that we hear. So what I'm gonna do is talk a little bit uh, and summarize a little bit about what you heard. So Ani was such a great guest because um, as you could hear, his humility level was just amazing. Um, Uh, They've done very well in their company. His company has really, really grown. Him and Matt's company, I should say, because the both of them really have done an amazing job growing it. And the mistakes are part of their learning. And some of the mistakes in Ani's case even were that he expanded his company and really um, leveraged those mistakes to take it to some next level even. So I just thought that that was fascinating. And I thought it was really interesting how he talked about it. And I just wanted to um, summarize a few of the things. Um, First of all, they got a little sloppy with their work. And when we say sloppy, I, I don't mean like they were just like coming to work and not taking a shower and things like that. It's just basically they got complacent. This happens in so many companies as we're scaling and crowing. I talk to business leaders sometimes when I've never met them before, and they always have their defense up like, hey, I don't want to talk to you because I don't want you selling me anything. And I've talking to them a little bit about their company And one of the words they use with me quite often is, we're doing fine. Well, what does fine mean? Um, In Jim Collins Good to Great book, the enemy of great was good. So what's the enemy of fine? I don't know. Um, So um, we, we, we have to think about these things. I'm doing fine. That means that I probably have issues going on I'm not really seeing inside of my company. Um, So, and Ani really talked about that. He said they got sloppy with the work, but once they started to understand what was going on, what did they do? They went back to the fundamentals and he talked about that. They went back to their processes. They went back to their training guides. They went back to the things that really made the company work correctly to begin with. And um, I just really admired how he's talked about that and how he shared it with us um what he actually did um i know from talking to him a little bit um they actually looked at their whole training program rewrote most of their processes in the company these are month-long activities so what they did is they suffered through the loss period to start to get some of these things back in line and him and matt's communication became really critical during that time he said my partner and i thank goodness i had the partner i had and when he said that i was sitting there going that's quite the statement because a partner in business is like a marriage um you have the same conflicts that go on and whenever there's money problems those conflicts get more challenging right and so um him and his partner are dealing with these challenges of money And they're they're losing money, but they kept such a positive attitude and used the fear to overcome some of these big challenges that they had. Instead of withdrawing from the fear and going, oh, no, the world is ending, they said, hey, we made some mistakes. Let's get back into it and let's do what we know what we need to do. We've fallen off the bike and we need to get back on the bike and learn how to ride again rising prices raising the prices you you heard about his fear around that i i actually was sitting in several rooms during this time of covid and trying to figure out about raising prices i had another client they were raising prices 25 percent uh, uh, um uh, every six months and they still kept on getting customers because what were they doing at the same time they were cleaning up their operations making it more efficient customers could trust them to deliver the services that they were delivering. And so Ani and his team and Matt's team, they were able to raise prices because they were fixing the things that mattered to the customer. The customer doesn't care about them taking a vacation, doesn't care about them coming in two days a week. They just want the service delivered correctly. And that's what he was really saying. And I really loved how he talked about that and Having sat in those rooms and listened to executive teams talk about raising prices in a time when they're not doing well is a very challenging conversation. You can get lost in the things you believe to be true. And then um, getting into some of the things that they weren't disciplined in, like when they first started the company was really important. um, They took on too much from one client. They were trying to satisfy the client's wants when they did not have the ability to satisfy the want and it ended up costing them the whole client. When I was talking to Ani about this beforehand, they were doing 95% of the stuff correct for that client, but the 5% is what stuck with them. That's horrible. He lost a client because he was making a mistake on 5% of the work. That's uh, And sometimes that's all it takes. This client was half of his revenue really had to change the way they were thinking about their business and not making the mistake of taking on more than they can really handle. So I really appreciated this and this is the type of stuff we help clients with. Now Ani was talking a little bit about this stuff. Now he's trying to get to the next level cuz he's at he's at a certain level now. He's trying to get to the next level and break through the next level of of strategic challenges that are coming up for him. And that's what we really do here at Assured Strategy is we help people develop an approach to thinking about the business so they're not having to be in the day-to-day doing of the company. And what does that mean? How to manage the company and scale it why? Why? Uh, through leading instead of being involved in every little activity. And this is what we're going to do November the 9th in Phoenix, Arizona with our accountability workshop. And this Thursday, Kane has a workshop from one to two central time talking about accountability, getting ready for her speech in, in November. And look, we would love for you to join us, get a little bit more efficient on some of these things and use all of Ani's Um, success that he has today from some of the failures he had from yesterday and leverage those this is strategy sherpa show this is david chavez i really appreciate you being here and we look forward to having you back at the next show and we have some exciting guests coming up thank you and this is strategy sherpa show take care
0: Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. We hope we've given you some insight into the journey of success and how the road to success is laid with bricks of failure. Tune in next week for another inspiring episode.